0: good morning good afternoon or good evening traders wherever you may be on planet earth we are coming at you with the 63rd episode of the performante podcast on august 28th my name is nathan we've got keith with us and we've got a diverse group of topics covering the crypto domination we are seeing in the global financial markets we're going to be talking about some of the biggest names in finance adding btc to their balance sheet We've got some news covering Jack Dorsey, kind of one of the Bitcoin pioneers in the space. And we're going to be talking more about the NFT trend and how we're seeing massive companies dump thousands and thousands of dollars into digital JPEGs. We're going to be talking about some DeFi and kind of the trajectory that it's on. And last but not least, we do have some interesting news coming out of Coinbase. So without any further ado, I'll pass it on over to Keith to dive into our first story today.
1: MicroStrategy and MicroSailar is going to be the first story. Uh, Between July 1st and August 23rd, they purchased an additional 3,907 Bitcoin. And right now they hold almost 109,000 Bitcoin in their um, company, which is pretty unbelievable. Their average buy-in is actually pretty high if you're talking like pre- People who were in crypto like pre, let's say, the pump of 2017, where their average buy-in is approximately $26,769, which is quite high, um, a lot uh, lower than where we are currently right now. The total amount invested for Mr. Sailor is just under $3 billion, $2.918 billion. And their current Bitcoin holdings is sitting around $5.3 billion. So they are significantly up on their investment and I don't think there's really any sign of stopping because he keeps on talking about how early it is that adoption is still increasing and he believes that he is a pioneer in terms of acquiring this digital real estate Um, he doesn't really view it as a currency per se he really views it as digital real estate there's only going to be 21 million lots I guess you could say and he owns a lot of lots around 109,000 lots so I think that this is not going to stop anytime soon. Um, He did mention in a recent podcast that he was on, that his goal is basically to number one, hold all his Bitcoin, not sell anything, and number two, acquire more. Um, So he's an individual that I think is kind of a front runner, a major player in the accumulation hodl uh, side of crypto. And um, yeah, if you're interested in understanding a bull's view, Listening to anything from Michael Saylor will give you a lot of perspective.
0: Yeah, 100%. He's definitely one of the mega bulls within the industry. It's kind of interesting relatively how late he got into cryptocurrency versus the amount of conviction he has with the Mm -hmm. asset. If you follow him on Twitter or if you check out his Twitter, he's always got interesting thoughts about Bitcoin. He's featured on a lot of Uh, news channels, a lot of podcasts kind of talking about his bullish perspective on Bitcoin. Uh, And although he did come in late, I definitely think he is one of the most vocal proponents for cryptocurrency. Very vocal supporter in that he's telling everyone about Bitcoin. He's revealing his hands. He's like, yo, all (laughs) I'm going to do is buy more. He is the epitome of dollar cost average and chill. He he keeps it simple, keeps it clinical. All he does is buy For him, the red sell button does not exist. All he does is smash that (laughs) motherfucking buy button. Michael Stahilor is a legend of the space that we've really seen take a massive foothold in the industry as a leader. He's convincing other, not necessarily convincing because that makes it sound a little sus, but he's talking to other major institutions about how to add it onto their filing sheet and kind of ease that process, get that exposure to a truly deflationary asset and hedge against the dollar mm-hmm, so moving and on uh, to our
1: oh you yeah I was, gonna, I was just going to say one thing here um this will kind of tie into what we're going to be talking about in a little bit later in our podcast but he's an interesting individual in that he mainly just views bitcoin as an investment like obviously there's a bunch of other investments that uh people that are more into the space are investing in like for example ethereum as the second largest cryptocurrency and largest alt, but he's primarily focusing just on Bitcoin. And someone like Jack Dorsey, the co-creator, I believe of Twitter or creator of Twitter is also kind of like that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but definitely something to note about, uh, Mr. Saylor is just the fact that he's mainly focusing just on Bitcoin, which is an interesting view, uh, from someone at that level, in my opinion. That's yeah. He's uh, he's
0: a textbook, Bitcoin maximalist. And so moving on to our next story, we got some interesting insight from Morgan Stanley, who recently the news came to light that they picked up over 1 million shares in Grayscale's Bitcoin trust. Uh, For those who don't know Grayscale Bitcoin trust, they are basically an institution where they own a whole bunch of crypto and offer shares of a trust for people who want to get exposure from the institutional perspective, but don't really want to formally put it on their balance sheet. It's a private Bitcoin tracker that has basically attracted a lot of high profile attention from people like Kathy Wood, Elon Musk, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, with some recent filings, it's come to light that they bought uh, a lot in June when Bitcoin was flirting around $30,000 and the GPT shares were around $30 each. So they are sitting in pretty good profit. And it's interesting to see like these big profile banks who have always said this, this is a very central dogma. Don't watch what they say, watch what they do. It is so important in this day and age to not trust what people say, but always (laughs) follow the money and really try and have a more investigative head between your shoulders.
1: Yeah, extremely well said. It's interesting to see these largest institutions be so bullish during when the market was pretty bearish, like after we had the May dump to the downside, especially kind of in the later half of June, there was a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty and a lot of worry that we were gonna get into the sub 20s. Some people um, were even calling like 12K, 15K, 10K. So to see a large institution take such significant action where we saw like the fear and greed index at almost all time lows, from 2000 or from the start of 2021. So um, I completely agree. And I think it's a quote that uh, shouldn't be taken lightly is uh, watch what they see, not what they say, or watch what they do, not what they know, not what they say. Cause um, they, they definitely have been flip-flopping a lot of huge institutions like JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley uh, definitely were in a position of hating crypto, thinking that it is just a fad to them diving in and, and, I think going to be adopting more and more and more. So definitely something interesting to see um, with them picking up over uh, over a million shares at like $30 million roughly. So it is kind of a drop in the bucket for how large their institution is. But um, I definitely think that they're probably going to be investing more and more in the future. So pretty interesting news story coming from the large institutional side of things. Now hopping a little bit back into the individuals who are basically Bitcoin maximalists, maximalists, who are focusing primarily or just on Bitcoin. And Jack Dorsey is one of those individuals. He's not really looking at other projects or other investments in the world of crypto really, like from just like a cryptocurrency standpoint, like Ethereum or Cardano. Um, He's a Bitcoin maximalist as well. And he is actually discussing plans to build a DEX or a decentralized exchange which, which is primarily focused on Bitcoin because we've seen things like Uniswap who uses the Ethereum network. We see PancakeSwap, which is based on the Binance Smart Chain. But we haven't really seen a decentralized exchange primarily focusing on Bitcoin. And it's pretty fitting to see it come from Jack Dorsey, a Bitcoin maximalist.
0: Yeah, 100%. He's another one of the big names in the crypto space, Jack Dorsey. All in all, his I have a lot of respect for him because the way he acts is so concentrated in nature in that he developed Twitter, which is like a decentralized speech platform where people can share their thoughts from anywhere on planet Earth to anyone else on planet Earth. That idea is super powerful in the context of modern internet and how people interact online. The other component is that he's developed square and cash app which is basically a decentralized banking service where people can transact in a more personal way rather than using swift so obviously he's very into money monetary systems he's been a big proponent of bitcoin success in my opinion not only from like the social media perspective but just raw development i mean we can see that just now he's looking to develop a decent decentralized exchange he has been increasing adoption in a healthy way so for example in 2016 2017 when cash app started offering bitcoin sales people were doing some insane things on that app they were maxing out their credit cards to buy bitcoin they were going into uh, very expensive consumer debt to get more of the asset and engaging in very unhealthy behaviors and that was one of the first things that he did is that he put a stop to it because Fundamentally, that's not a very healthy behavior to borrow high interest money to buy a speculative asset. And in that aspect, I feel like he he's a wholesome individual. He tries to act in the best interest of the human population. And it's really interesting to see him continue that dogma throughout his experience as the CEO of Twitter as the creator of cash app, as he builds out a decentralized exchange, we're really seeing his reach influence, basically all four corners of humanity, similar to other people, such as Elon Musk, where they're doing a little bit of everything, but their central
1: dogma, their central ideology is advancing the human race. Yeah, extremely well said. Um, Mr. Dorsey definitely does seem like he is one of the most generous uh, class or billionaires in the class of billionaires. I believe he was the highest um, provider of uh, charitable donation when COVID was at its worst. I don't exactly know, but I know he gave like a billion dollars, or two billion dollars, some obscene amount of money um, to charity during that time. So just another validation that he does truly want to benefit the planet that we're currently living in. So living on i should say so definitely something that um shouldn't be taken lightly and kind of talking a little bit more about the uh things that dorsey does good uh we do have a little bit of uh information that we'll talk about a little bit later talking about our nfts and um jack dorsey is one of them so a little bit of a sprinkle of uh information there if you do listen to the podcast regularly uh definitely a little bit of insight so we're going to talk a little bit more about um, nfts in this podcast and before we touch on anything else we just want to go over some nfts that were recently purchased uh, let's say from large corporations or individuals who are in very high roles in companies or like the ceo for example so uh, for example uh, kai wensheng uh, the founder of a smartphone maker. Uh, May2 has reportedly purchased CryptoPunk uh, for 125 Ethereum, about $387,000, and it just doesn't stop there. Visa, the company, recently purchased a CryptoPunk as well from the same collection there for around $150,000. Not only that, Budweiser also recently purchased some fan art. Uh, as well as the beer.eth domain for $120,000. And recently, they've been working on the ability to basically have domains, like top-level domains like .com, as Ethereum wallets, which is pretty unbelievable. So this is just reducing the friction even more to be able to set up wallets and receive payments in crypto. Because instead of having to set up a wallet normally, if you have a .com domain, if you are able to purchase one, like most companies do, you basically have an Ethereum wallet right there. So you don't even have to set it up through um, an external means. So it's pretty unbelievable. And um, we actually saw on OpenSea, which is the largest marketplace for NFTs, recorded over 76,000% year-to-date increase in trading volumes amid the current NFT hype. So just massive explosions in the interest and growth and hype of NFTs.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's really the trend right now. We're seeing it all over Twitter with celebrities, celebrity influencers like Gary Vee, just going on an absolute buying rampage. It seems like the current state of specifically the profile picture NFTs is a pretty big bubble where things are just going for absolutely obscene amounts. Like Justin Sun, I think, paid half a million US dollars for a picture of a rock. There's people selling uh, not even NFTs of anything. They're just a blank image. There's one on uh, OpenSea called Invisible Rock. And it's just a white image. And it's sold for like two Ethereum. So clearly what? we are in a stage of euphoria. But for, as always with anything in crypto, the state of euphoria is going to go until it doesn't. And nobody can really tell you with confidence when it will in theory pop. Uh, but it's also to keep in mind that when something in crypto pops, it's always recharging before another leg up. And so there's always uh, a very high level of risk when you're buying digital JPEGs that are very expensive. And uh, I actually saw a tweet about this that I was like, Nf- or NFT profile pictures are like uh, addicting altcoins without stop losses. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. It's, instead of having altcoins that are addicting like crack, you have JPEGs that... Are like crack, and that's really the bottom line of where we're at in this NFT bubble. Is things are appreciating in value, people are throwing money around, and this is kind of where a lot of the money is flowing in and around on the Ethereum blockchain. That being said, we did see uh, the Golden State Warriors' famous player, the Golden Boy Steph Curry, uh, he dropped a hundred and eighty thousand dollars on a board ape. Bored Ape is a collection of uh, digital artwork that's called the Bored Ape Yacht Club. It's 10,000 apes where basically they just got different outfits on. Some have a suit, some have a hat, some have glasses, some are smoking, etc., etc. And cetera. Uh, Steph Curry did pick up a pretty rare one. Um, and so he dropped $180,000. It's currently his profile picture on Twitter. And he joins the likes of people like, for example, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., a very high profile football player, recently picked up a CryptoPunk. I think his was like 380K US, something like that. So we are seeing this pseudo adoption, I guess you could call it, from high profile celebrities as they dip their feet into the market. And that is a nice transition to our next topic, which is Crypto Culture Volume 1 will be our very first set. That is right, Profamante's own set of NFTs to hit the market. Uh, There's going to be over 100. A large portion will be airdropped to our community on Discord as part of our Profamonte community coin launch. So if you are not in our Discord, be sure to join. And the other half that are a bit more unique in nature will be available for auction uh, with an affordable floor price on OpenSea. And with this Crypto Culture Volume 1, we are going to be covering who we think are the icons of the space and adding a creative and entertaining twist to how they appear. So, for example, people like Jack Dorsey, people like Michael Saylor, people like CZ uh, might make an appearance in our NFT set with uh, an entertaining twist just to keep it light, keep it fresh. Uh, but if you do want to stay in touch with how our NFTs are developing, really our Discord is the central place you got to be. We've also been going on TikTok Live a little bit more recently to discuss these projects. So if you are more interested in doubling down with the Performante ecosystem and you are enjoying our podcasts, you know
1: where to find us. Yeah, well said. Um, not going to touch more on that. Just want to say it's like old school NFTs introducing new ideas very exciting and um definitely well said if you haven't joined the discord please do there's a lot of information there about the nfts as well as our performante community coin and a bunch of different charts and we like to talk about really all things crypto so if you haven't already you can find the link in the kind of description below if you are on youtube or just go on performante.ca and you'll be able to see the link for our discord there as well so talking um Continuing to talk about NFTs, we see another huge corporation dive in—not headfirst, but jumping quite aggressively into the NFT space, and that is Fox Corporation. They've actually backed uh, company Illuvio for a hundred million dollars to basically create content for their movies, for their TV shows, and for all the content that they're already creating, which I think is a really interesting idea. So. Um, They actually only had one round of founding uh, so far, a Series A, and they've already raised $100 million. And the main reason for the NFTs and for the investment is so it will enable Fox Corporation to launch and market new NFT collections that are linked to popular content and TV shows. Really, it just makes sense. I think this wave of huge corporations i think netflix will come up with their own nfts specifically for their own tv shows um, like stranger things like they'll have uh, basically all their merch have nfts so you can track a shirt that was initially sold to customer one, and then it transacts into five different things, uh, five different other individuals, and you can validate that yes, this is a shirt from Netflix for Stranger Things, whatever episode or season. So it's pretty unbelievable. And what's going to be very interesting is to see how the commission structure is going to actually look like, because as some of you may know, you can actually generate fees or basically commission from each transaction of an nft so then they could put that money and for example give it to the population or the community that already has the nft they could use it for charitable purposes they could do whatever they'd like so it'd be interesting to see how these corporations are going to utilize nfts to see if they're going to benefit the overall community or if they're kind of just going to take it within themselves and invest it back into the company so i think fox corporation is a pretty early adopter of NFTs, but I think this is just the cusp of what we're getting into. Marvel, um, DC, these are like huge companies that I think will benefit extraordinarily from basically making everything that they have an NFT
0: yeah and i think we talked about this briefly on the discord it's such a frictionless way for new startups specifically to generate funding instead of selling equity and opening yourself up to that kind of external liability sell some nfts build some hyper on the project that's a great way to prospectively generate funding rather than sell equity so as this nft space begins to mature i think we're going to see a lot more companies leverage this technology
1: in creative ways Yeah, definitely uh, extremely well said and uh, to kind of move and shift a little bit from NFTs into the world of DeFi still, obviously in crypto, but DeFi is a completely separate entity that is also booming. We see the TLV or the total value locked hit a record high of $157 billion dollars. And this is a pretty major milestone because we see, for example, Ethereum at like 3,300 right now with the all time high sitting around like 4,300, we see Bitcoin, not even close to its all time high, but we see DeFi as an early, I guess you could say an early front runner of the overall cryptocurrency market. Cause if you see capital flowing into these different DeFi projects, you know that there's interest, you know that there's hype and that is front running. Bitcoin, because usually Bitcoin is going to be the main asset that is going to predominantly predict where the market's going to go. If Bitcoin's absolutely dumping and it looks bearish, you're not really going to have a lot of altcoins that are going to be doing really well. But if you see Bitcoin consolidating on a long-term trend up or doing well, you see that interest coming in. So when you see DeFi, total value locked at an all-time high where bitcoin still hasn't at its all-time high you can see that there is significant interest staying in DeFi, so it's not like a quick hype pump and dump but it is a long-term trend where you see more and more capital flow into DeFi because that's just the best place or one of the best places for really passive income through liquidity pools or, or like um uh, farms, there's a lot of different ways to profit from it. So seeing that continual injection of capital flowing into DeFi is extremely uh, uh, forward-looking or extremely um, positive for the overall space. And Nathan and I definitely have a lot of exposure to DeFi. So obviously we're a little bit biased, but um, it's great to see that we are front running the overall market in the DeFi space.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, TVL of 157 billion, that's still pennies on the dollar relative to the global financial system, which is just reaffirming. We are early, we are in the right space, the rest is patience. And so for the last story we are going to be talking about today, this is about Coinbase. They recently hired Facebook's executive as chief marketing officer. Uh, her name is Kate Roosh, and she will be joining Coinbase after 11 years at Facebook. She had a couple of different various positions, but she did join Coinbase as their CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, which is basically just overseeing their global brand and their how their products are performing. Uh, it's interesting to see that kind of move from a massive tech company in the social media space, switching over to the basically finance what's the word i'm looking for i guess i can't think of a word uh switching over to the finance niche because that is a different skill set no doubt Um, but it's interesting to note that during her time at facebook the monthly active users of facebook grew from 500 million to 3 billion globally and so i do think that this is a power acquisition for coinbase and with this move they should be able to greatly expand their reach
1: Yeah, I completely agree, and um, the firm as well, just to kind of dig a little bit deeper into what their future plans could be, um, also plan to expand its operations in India, um, assuming they're gonna have other countries that are primarily untapped as well, um, as an interest as well, but right now their operations uh, is to expand in India with hiring the former Google Pay engineer, Uh, and he's actually the lead of the Google Pay project, Pankaj uh, Jupka, I believe is how you say it. But um, they are really looking at an international scale here, which is fantastic to see. And we're seeing acquisitions from these large or huge corporations from the Silicon Valley space with Google or Facebook. And they're kind of taking the major players that built these huge corporations and incorporate it within up and coming exchanges or projects like Coinbase. And that's ex- it's very exciting to see because they're selecting the right individuals that clearly made things like Google and Facebook work.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, these are really the pioneers of the space when they're switching over to the large crypto companies. Clearly, they are trying to play the trend, get a sympathy play, get some crypto exposure uh, because they recognize the potential that this industry has. And so on that note, I think this is a good place to end the episode. appreciate the time you have taken to tune in, listen to us banter about the crypto momentum. Uh, It's been August 28th. Stay safe, take care and get some gains, everyone.